Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name is David Reed, and this is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. Hello, David. Huh? Hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. Um, it's it's good to be back again this week, uh, talking to you about exclusively about films. Um, no, nothing else. Nothing else this week. I'm <laughs> I'm coming down with an iron fist on this one. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, but uh, say I wanted to make a film. Yes. But I was um, disabled. Uh, I I was a, 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 from an ethnic minority, mm. and I was um, non-binary of sexuality. What would I do? Well, you are all of those things. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we are sponsored. Marek is getting out by her <laughs> film project, uh, who are an organisation that help promote diversity in films. Um, so if you'd like to check them out then go to herfilmproject.com and follow Her Film Project on Twitter. Yes, they help pro- fund films and also help promote films and just help connect people together in order to get films made. Oh, that's nice. Good on them. Good on them. Don't elbow my drinks cabinet. Oh, it makes that, a very odd that's, noise, That's what it? that sound was, listeners. It's quite scary, isn't it? It's quite scary. I can make a film about a creaky drinks cabinet. I've always wanted to have the uh, um, uh, globe, you know, drinks cabinet one. Oh yeah, 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 that yeah. Really, you but you need to have a massive library in order. To, so you need to sort of. Stop. Otherwise, it looks like a piece of student crap that you've stolen off a dump. Yeah, so you need to first of all have a house big enough to have a library. Mm. So that's about uh, uh, you know looking at in London four or five million. Yeah, and then even though you are sophisticated enough to have an entire library, what you want to do in that library is get drunk in it. Yeah. So it's quite niche. But you need to earn that and have... And you can't just have any old books in that library. They need to be bound, especially with the same colour. They need to all be leather-bound. <sighs> so that's another million, say. So before I, 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 I look at them, I think I need to earn six million before I can even buy one of those. But you're quite right. Otherwise, if you do it the other way round, you're like, all right, prick. Get the globe first. But you'd probably just be pissed anyway, wouldn't you? All the time. All the time. <laughs> There's never any... It's always empties in my drinks. <laughs> I don't really have a drink. Yeah, I suppose I have. 
It's full of drinks cabinets. When you were young, they sound like exciting things, but realistically, these days, they're just full of things you don't want. Yeah, it's a cupboard of drinks people left behind that are Spirits disgusting. you don't really ever drink. Mine's got like there. three bottles of mulled wine because they never want to drink it, and people give you it as a gift at Christmas. I gave you that for... <laughs> <laughs> last for the last three. Um, That's right. For the last three Christmases. It's disgusting. Oh, this is awkward. <laughs> anyway, I went to the cinema. Yeah. What did you go and see? I went to see the film that everyone's talking about at the moment. It's a horror film. It's called It. It. Now, for people not in the know, this is a, a Stephen King adaptation. Uh, there was a TV movie famously made of it. <coughs> um, Two-part TV. T- yeah. Yeah. Uh, starring Tim Curry as Pennywise the Clown. It's about a clown in a sewer that eats a child's arm and then the aftermath of that. Um, now, from I've read reviews about this. Mm-hmm. It's the first of a two-parter as well, isn't it? Yeah. Do they tell you that at the beginning? No. Mm. So what do you think of it? Well... I think Tim Curry's performance is very hard to top. That is my first point. Right. Uh, but by some fluke, I don't know what it was, but Tim Curry's face with that makeup is one of the yeah. scariest things that uh, one of the scariest things ever created. Yes, and I think if you even if you dress most people's face up in a clown thing, it's it's somehow it's off-putting, but it's not. It's quite. not as scary as Tim Curry. So your main thing is he's irreplaceable, which is the first thing that anyone notices. And here's when you first see Penny, Pennywise, who's played by the young Bill Skarsgård. Of the Skarsgård dynasty these days, isn't it? it yes, so his dad is St- Stellan Skarsgård. Who's literally, if you want to watch a good foreign language film, look up Stellan Skarsgård and see if he's in, he's in it, and it would normally be pretty good if you're looking for something half decent. And is it his brother, Alexander Skarsgård, who played Tarzan? Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah, so... The first time you see Pennywise, there's another huge mistake as, as well, where his eyes are clearly CGI'd mm. orange eyes, which for me just defeats the whole object of the, the horror of the film. So you see, he, it needs to be a physical horror that you can. Yeah. yeah so, but the, the background is that there's a town called Derry where loads of kids go missing there's been a load of tragedies there and one of the kids his brother goes uh, famous the famous scene from it, the original it which is in the trailers his little brother goes missing after an encounter with Pennywise in a drain mm-hmm. uh, a storm drain there's a clown in it and there's something really horrific and scary about this it's, it's a great setting yes. for a boy talking to a clown in a, a drain um, but you know people start scars God's good but it's half CGI the stuff is half CGI and just as soon as I see anything like that it just feels like you're watching a computer, computer game mm. totally pointless for a horror film anything that's noticeably CGI there's no sense of horror or people being scared I was in the cinema with five um, uh, four other people and my friend Beth went to see it she said she went to see it with a full cinema and it was much uh scary because people were screaming and reacting to it so it's much more of a sort of horror film experience yeah yeah the problem with this is that you realise from watching this you need a film needs to have rules David 
you know, with the monster needs to have some. It's not really explained. It's just these kids who are all great kid actors. There's the kid from Stranger Things in it who is. I think which he, one the, the the geeky one okay he's the only one I don't think is good he reminded me of a child who's sort of got cocky from being famous and is slightly too overconfident in his performance and a little bit unlikable there's, there's a tendency for uh, it not a tendency but a, a possibility for it to be a bit Stranger Things in that Stranger Things is basically copying it and yeah. other things like it's copied I mean the Stranger Things logo is basically the Stephen King font and it's you know small town uh, America riding around on your bikes uh, facing a threat the adults don't understand it's exactly there's a bit where they all go on their bikes and you think well this is just E.T. it's all that are we going to have a spate of kids on their bikes a bit like I mean was it called Super 8 was that yeah is it set in the 80s yeah set in 88 right right um yeah, but it's getting good reviews. This people are saying it's good. Well, I think the film is well made. It's it's a well made film. It is good. The kids are good. The problem is Pennywise isn't that scary, and the horror is almost relentless horror. There's no structure to it. So it's, it's a just, ride, basically. Yeah, but you just have a, it. It gets to the point where you think, "Oh right, here's another horrific bit." Normally, I think we're used to in horror films of having that sort of lull, lull, scary bit. Yeah. Lull, lull, scary bit. And then when they don't do that, and it's just scary bit, scary bit, scary bit, they don't, it definitely, it's a law of diminishing returns. Is it, it really weakens it. As Danielle would call it, mostly crick cracking. No, I mean, I was saying, I was talking about it, to, I was saying, there's, there was no, I'm so used to all the techniques of the shot, the turning around, the blood and quiet, everything. Quiet, 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 loud! Yeah, there, there, it was some quite loud music. I wasn't shocked or scared at any point but the biggest problem is there's there's no rules to how to kill the monster kids disappear and you think while they disappeared that story's not followed up at all things happen some kids get hurt and then some kids don't get hurt in situations so some sometimes they get physically harmed by monsters other times just imaginary there's no there's no but explanation it is, it is a bit like that if I remember yeah. rightly like he is um, it, it's supposed to be extra scary because the rules are not defined. He is sort of just... I mean, Freddy Krueger got a bit like that sort of after the first one, yeah. you know, where he might just crop up again and this time he's a car. You know what I mean? It's like... Um, did they still have the whole battery acid inhaler thing and uh, the silver in the slingshot? No, that was just, it was a cattle. I can't remember that bit. There's a cattle. Pro, pro, it's not the same thing as that. No, because in the original TV movie, I remember they, for some reason, the kids just start to imagine and believe that uh, the his in, one of them's inhaler uh, is tastes like battery acid, and so will kill Pennywise. And it does melt his face, but it doesn't kill him. And then okay. they use bits of silver they found somewhere in a slingshot to actually. Yeah, that's not there. It's, okay. it's not really ever. There's no explanation of what kills him, what doesn't kill him. So I just was. I t- took a step out of the film. I wasn't engaged with it because I thought I'd. Right. It's like saying, like, here's, a, here's a film, anything can happen, and there's no sense or no rhyme or reason to why that's happening. You just have to go along and watch these scary spectacles in which someone might get hurt and they might not get hurt. What? So it feels a bit pointless. I think it's a good. I give it five or six Marics. Okay. Bill Skarsgård um, was actually in Atomic Blonde that I talked about a few weeks ago. 
Oh, yeah. And he was very good in that, actually. He was playing a young um, revolutionary. I have to say, all the kids were really good. The hypochondriac kid and the fat kid and uh, the girl, Beverly. Uh, their names, if you want to, it's, uh, me to read them out, are Sophia Lilith, Jeremy Ray Taylor and... Jack Dylan Grazer. I mean, they might not sound like anything you would now, but in a few years' time, I think they're going to be famous actors because they're all excellent and not that annoying, which was refreshing. But in the second part, they will just cast up, won't they? Yeah, they're they? just going to be 27, year, it's 27 years later. Yeah. So they'll be, uh, it'll just be... Uh, so what's that? Twenty So sort of 40-year-old looking uh, people. So it'll just be, uh, what, the cast of uh, Knocked Up? I mean... Yeah. <laughs> So they're all about 30, yeah, people are about in their 40s. Yeah. So that'd be quite nice. And uh, Pennywise turns out to be an enormous spider if it goes with the, the TV well, That was movie. the worst thing about so TV. So rubbish, yeah. wasn't it? When, no, everybody that turns out to be an enormous spider is disappointing. They're not scary. Yeah. I'm just, what well, I just think it wasn't, I mean, the original thing wasn't ever really that good. It was just Tim... Curry, he was good in it. I, I found him right terrifying. Yeah, but yeah. he was so terrifying, that's what made it good. Yeah. And that was, he was far, from what I remember, I know I was a lot younger, the original was far scarier than this. Right, right. So if you want to watch a horror film, that it, it, it's not really satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> then this one's for you. Yeah. Which had good reviews. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is sort of the only thing on at the moment, isn't it? I'm waiting um, for Mother to come out. Right. Which looks really good. Yes. Yes. Dunkirk is still riding at the top of the box office, according to this app I've got. Uh, just below the Emoji Movie. So that's an indictment what? of our time. What times. is this app, please? This is, um, this is uh, Flickster. Uh, so it's saying it, it, the Emoji Movie, and Dun- then Dunkirk. Uh, then American Made, that uh, Tom Cruise film that nobody's gone to see. Oh, well, still doing quite well. It's doing all right. Um, do you think we should... Um... It's time for this. Here's a letter from Ted uh, about letters, letters. And he says, hey guys, uh, I'm a regular listener. Since I last wrote in, I have moved from being a part of the film visual effects industry to now being a lecturer at a university. I am a lot happier. (laughs) The last feature I worked on was Passengers. Um, Oh, how I missed the late night unpaid overtime conversations about what colour should space be. (laughs) Just saw Dunkirk and it was okay. Could have done without Kenny B popping up to say important things in a British way. Six out of ten. Looking forward to the sequel with Tom Hardy in Escape from Colditz. Favourite little known Brit war film, Above Us the Waves. Mini subs sink the, the turpits. Keep watching the films. Thank you, Ted. I don't think we've ever talked to uh, people in the industry, have we? It's very exciting to know. Uh... I've heard, um, who is it, someone was saying about, uh, my friend Paul Summer, his friend worked in visual effects for Michael, what's his name? Bay, the guy who does Transformers. Yeah, Michael Bay. Michael Bay. And that uh, he was just really coked off his head the whole time, just coming and shouting, and talk about his own special red camera, which he's got made. Right. Red is a make of camera, which is really... Uh, it's not just Michael Bay's painted his own camera no, but red. No, his is painted green and cool, something like the Bay Monster or something weird. 
I can't remember what it's called, but it they is. feel like coke films, don't they? Uh, Transf- I mean, people. I don't know who is just Russians watching Transformers, isn't it? It's hugely successful franchise. Yeah. yeah. Here's a letter. This is from Natalie. Uh, subject: Icarus. They, dear David Merrick and Buddy, I'm sorry if this is spoilery. Watch out, everyone. It's hard to work out what reveals a narrative of a film and what people will know from the news. So do leave bits out if you think they ruin the film. Oh, okay. Well, it's going to be as difficult. As you go. Um, so this is. I'm going to try and edit. It's basically a story about a Netflix documentary. I had a lot of people recommend it to me called Icarus. Right. Um, and there's a, a bloke called Brian Fogel who is d- doping himself in order to prepare for the Haute Route, I'm not pronouncing properly, a week long amateur cycling race. Oh, doesn't he dope himself the same as. Um, what's yes. his name? Well, he does, yeah, I think so. Um, and then during the actual documentary, he finds out about the Russian doping state program so it turns into one of those scenes where it's a non-documentary and then be- becomes something stumbles else stumbles on yeah, the yeah. mother load uh, I'm just uh, I'm not going to this is the sound of Marek reading anyway she says it, she gives it at least seven Natalie's despite the near anxiety attack I had as it drew to a close keep watching the film uh, nice use of Cooper Black on the website David I've actually not read out your email because I think we should watch it and then read the email out but we will return to your email Natalie thank you Natalie when, that was about Icarus on Netflix but a few people recommended that to us yeah yeah we should definitely check that out here's another one here's another email with uh, this is from Callum about Swiss Army Man. He says, Dear Buddy David and Marek, I've just watched Swiss Army Man. I thought it was a lot of fun, although I wish I had. I wish it had ended differently. Paul Dano is great in it. I've really enjoyed a lot of Paul Dano's films lately, particularly the one where he plays a young Brian Wilson. I have an uncle called Paul. He works as an elect- electrician on an oil rig and is miserable. Do either of you have any relatives called Paul? Watch all the films, Callum. Um, I have no relatives called Paul. No, I, I haven't. A lot of people... I'm 41, and a lot of people at my school were called Paul. So I think it was a, it's a, a name that was very popular in the mid-70s. Yes. And now... Because of Paul Daniels. Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely because of Paul Daniels. And now it's not a name that anyone... I think... I don't know any, any children called Paul. I mean, I can't imagine looking at a baby and going, Paul. He's a Paul. You can get souls, there's some souls, yeah. but no pools. So I think now a lot of people will start to have uncle pools. For my generation, a lot of people, Jeffrey was a real uncle's, na- uncle's name. Yeah, I've got an uncle, Jeffrey. Yeah. I've got an uncle, Bill. Bill is, yeah. Jim. Yeah. And it, Mike. Anne was quite a good aunt, big aunt's name as well. Big aunt, a yeah, really big one. Well, no, not like that, but, you know... Huge pop, no, arm. No, no, I'm not... I, no. Properly too big. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Here we go. Here's another letter. Who's it from? Connor L. Dear David Marek, spelt with a C and a K. Just a K, Connor. Buddy and the dickhead uh, neighbourhood dog. Marek has said a few times that all superhero films are pretty much the same and not worth watching. Correct. While I was enthusiastic for the Marvel Universe and Star Wars and Star Trek reboots, I'm starting to agree with Marek and have noticed recently that I haven't been asked going to any of the blockbusters that have come out recently. There's a lot of recently in that sentence. Uh, what really disappointed me is that a few franchises actually had a really smart, tight reboot recently. 
only to descend into abject mediocrity right away. Good examples of this are Casino Royale, X-Men First Class, uh, Star Trek, the 2009 J.J. Abrams one, First Avengers films, the first two Nolan Batman films. It's like the studios that had to take a big risk to get uh, stalled franchise going, then immediately return to the same old formulas that turned people off in the first place. Do you think it's that hard just to keep standards high and catching lightning in the bottle repeatedly, or the studios just go back to being lazy as soon as they feel they've steadied the ship? I'm interested in your thoughts. Keep watching the film. Well, thank you, so. Connor. Uh, well, we have talked about it before, but I think it's one that justifiably comes up again and again, is why are expensive films so mediocre? <laughs> and, uh, I mean, my guess is that it's all about method, actually. I don't believe it's about laziness. I think I think they're the opposite of lazy. You know, there's a, there are millions and millions of dollars at stake, so they are going to be doing everything they think is in their power to make this the best film they can. The problem is that the more people you have meddling, the less focus you can have on story, and I think the best films keep story front and centre and let story influence what else should be going on. And as soon as you go... This could be bigger. That could be more whiz. This could happen. That could happen. More Sto- whiz. More whiz. Yeah. Always put more whiz in. Well, no, that's the thing. You would make a mediocre film there. Not always more whiz. It's only if it serves the story oh, properly. But I love whiz. You love whiz. You're famously people call you Billy Whiz, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Whizmaster. <laughs> the Whiz Kid. Yeah. Um, whiz Hand. Whizzy socks. Whizzy socks. Old Merrick Whizzy socks. And his Whizzy sleeve. Yeah. Um yeah, I I I think it is purely down to the more expensive a film is, the more you have to take notes from the money men because they are not willing to take a punt with their incredibly expensive intellectual property and therefore it's yeah. story is the domain of one person by and large, you know, who needs to keep an eye on it and really steer that ship. I've got a diff- I've changed my opinion. What's that? Well, you know when you go to... There's only certain times you just see a cross-section of society. Mm. So recently I had to do some a bit part of something I can't really talk about, but I was... That sounds really knobby. But um, I was at a festival. Right. And I just thought, everyone here is a cock. Right. <laughs> yes. And when you go to an airport as well, the airport's... Everyone in an airport? Well, not, a lot of times when you go to the airport... I mean, an airport is pretty much a cross-section of all people. Yeah, but I'm not saying everyone, but I think when you go to an airport, normally you think, oh, my God, this is the state. Yeah. This is the real uh, state. Well, people, of- people at their worst, because they're, they're tired, they're hungry, they're miserable, they're stressed out. But a lot of bellies. Bell- yeah. So I think, from having these two, experience, these two experiences of being in a situation where there's a lot of members of the public, mm. that so 80% what, of people So what are you're saying is these films are actually perfect for pleasing the majority of people because the majority of people are bellends. Well, I'm saying I, that I do sound smug and I'm not... You're saying, saying you're not in that group. No, I'm saying I might be a bellend. But you know when you watch television programmes, you think, what? how, how does this pre- television programme exist? Well, if, you know, who watches EastEnders? No, that sort of thing. Mm. Why is X why is X Factor still on? Why are these things here? Mm. And you go to these places and you think, Oh right, there's some really horrible people here. I bet they watch X Factor. Yeah. And it's a really snobby 
um, point of view to take, but is it exactly right? I, I think I think you probably are. So I'm right. saying the reason these crap films right because a lot of people are because of the bell ends. Well, by the law of averages, the uh, the largest group of people are probably deeply mediocre people, and therefore, what do they enjoy? Deeply mediocre films. I don't know. It's snobby, but it's correct. Um, do we have one more? Sure. There we go. This is from Aidan, who about a ghost story. Aidan says it's a bit different from the bombing man, but I'd be really interested to know what you thought about a ghost story. It's completely different from everything I've ever seen before. Some of the scenes feel like someone's playing a joke or trying to see how long people will sit watching nothing happening. I'm still not sure whether I liked it, but I think it will stay with me like under the skin. Keep watching the films, Aiden. Now, a ghost story we haven't been to see, but it is uh, a film about now which one is it it's Casey, Casey Affleck, Affleck yeah. under a sheet with some holes cut in it as in the traditional cartoon ghost standing in the corner of a woman's room I was about to go and see this film and my friend Sean uh, tweeted about it so I texted him and he said it's one of the worst films he's ever seen <laughs> and he lasted about half an hour and it was just someone sitting at a table with someone standing in the background and nothing whatsoever happening Rooney Mara is the uh the woman he She's is normally standing. quite good. Uh, uh, the, the synopsis on IMDb says, In this singular exploration of legacy, love, loss and the enormity of existence, a recently deceased white-sheeted ghost returns to his suburban home to try to recon- reconnect with his bereft wife by standing in the corner. Yeah. Well, yeah, sounds all right. Um... Well, that's about it for letters, isn't it? Yeah, that's about it for letters. Uh, I have seen a film this week, Marek. Tell me about it. All right. I watched it last night. It's now on streaming services. It's a film from 2016. It stars Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis, and it is called Colossal. Um, Now, this is a film that has a very odd trailer, and the film doesn't disappoint in uh, delivering on that. It is basically... It starts with a Godzilla-style monster in South Korea, in Seoul. How do you um, spell Colossal? Colossal. C-O-L-O-S-S-A-L. Yeah, I've got it. Good. Um, And then it goes to Anne Hathaway being a bit of a drunk and getting kicked out of her apartment by her British boyfriend, Tim. And... Basically, this is in the trailer, so it's not really spoilers. This this creature seems to appear in South Korea and devastate the city uh, several nights uh, in a row. And Anne Hathaway <laughs> preposterously puts two and two together and works out it's when she's drunk at 8.05 in the morning and walking back through a children's playground and the monster is mirroring her movements exactly. I mean, you could say it would take would a sh- phenomenal nihilist to to put, connect those two dots yes. in the first place. You, it's really tenuous, that bit. But anyway, this starts off like a really odd rom-com. Where Jason Sudeikis, he's, he's a rom-com bloke, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. Or uh, quite like bo- angry bosses and that sort of shit he makes. Yeah, yeah, horrible bosses. Horrible bosses. Yeah, so it starts off like... 
uh, any old rom-com where her British boyfriend is actually overly controlling and then she meets this nice guy from back home because she moves back into her parents' old place who owns a bar and he's not they used to like each other they have a drink together and he accepts her for what she is and well, he's he not okay, lovely I can see where this is going that is not where it is going at all. It then decides it wants to be a different film, and Jason Sudeikis becomes a total controlling creep. In a he was a nice guy, was he in the bar? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but what I do like about that is that's the character I've always sort of assumed Jason Sudeikis is in everything he's in, like an overly controlling, slightly violent, and aggressive creep. And they, they they embrace that wholeheartedly. He's probably that in real life. Yeah, probably is. And then it goes even weirder. Like, this film does not know what it wants to be, but it, as a result, it is in no way boring. Because you're just like, what? What's it doing? What's it doing that for? I don't understand how she could see the monster and think that's her. A, because she's pissed. Well, the way they do it is that she uh, has this itch on her head and uh, other scratches I've one of those yeah and the monster does the same thing but only Anne Hathaway and the monster scratch their heads so that's why she puts two and two is together is it on TV and there's a live feed yeah they're watching, watching it. it yeah yeah eventually live but it usually comes because it's 8.05 in the morning for them but in South Korea it's the middle of it's night time so how do they stop it then well uh, that would be spoilers but oh. do you want me to tell you because it's incredibly funny <laughs> You can't really, because there is spoilers, but I think you might get you to tell me afterwards. This is a weird fucking film, and I don't even know if it's intentionally weird. Like, it just seems to be so... It seems to get bored of itself every 20 minutes and decide it wants to do something else. It's written and directed by the same bloke. Yeah. He's... It's from a Spanish guy called Nacho Figalondo. That's right, yes. Um, so, he is clearly a visionary, um, but he's done... A film called VHS Viral, which is a sequel to VHS, and a film with Elijah Wood called Open Windows, and something called The Profane Exhibit, um, but nothing that I've heard of, you know. Um, this came around at a very similar time to A Monster Calls, so there were clearly ideas knocking around Hollywood of, what if the enormous monsters we see in things like Pacific Rim and Transformers could be in a different genre of film other than just a Michael Bay film. What if we could use that technology in a different way? And A Monster Calls is beautiful, and this is nonsense. But enjoyable nonsense. In a... But, uh, yeah, but I wasn't with the filmmaker. I was looking at him. Kind of like when you watch an M. Night Shyamalan film... You know, where you're like, what are you doing, mate? What is Anne Hathaway doing? Because she's just quite high A-list yeah, yeah. Hollywood. J- well, Jason Sudeikis is an A-list star these days as well. Like, he's done an enormous number of films. How They must have liked the script then. Must have done. But it's very odd. Very, very odd. And I want to talk more about it, but I can't because they are spoilers. Um, it's It also has my absolute bugbear slash favourite thing which is American films trying to tackle alcoholism oh okay what is it just all all the cliches she has a beer with some friends and then is slightly tipsy when she gets home and her boyfriend is like you have a problem you need to seek professional help it's like really is there any of that getting the pills out of the uh, that's what I hate the most getting Getting the pills pills out of the the mirrored uh, out of the bathroom cabinet 
just slightly shaking, dropping some in the sink. Oh no, because she doesn't. She's not on pills. It's just beers. I know, but normally, normally, it's literally just all. If you've got an alcohol problem, then you for some reason you have to take some sort of pills or something like that. Yeah, you shake it, shaky. I mean, you never see anyone successfully open a bottle of pills in any films. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> they're very hard to hold, mate. As soon as you, as you pick up them? a bottle of pills, oh god, oh very god, slippy. it's out. It has gone down the sink again. <laughs> Just don't put the pill bottle down next uh, above the bathroom cabinet in a couple bathroom cabinet because they're going to fall down the sink. Put it somewhere sensible. Keep the pills in a small bag. Yeah, that'd be easy. Well, don't open it above a plug hole. <laughs> yeah, put the plug in first. Yeah, bloody crazy idiots. How many David would you give it then? Oh, I think I'd give it five, but it's because it's. I mean, it's not boring, but it's not good. So that's two. It's, I think bits of it will stay with me because it's just so nuts. But also, at the same time, utterly conventional. It's a, such a weird mix of it's not adventurous at all. It's just mental. <laughs> there should be a new website this is what I'm proposing for films. How long films stay with you? So you've got yeah. all, the, all the list of films you've watched... Then when you still you still occasionally think about it, you go to the app and go, "Oh, I, still I thought, thought about it again." Then it goes, "Well, it's been four years." So the long longevity of a film that's not covered, but someone should do that. Yeah. For, and one big one was Everest. I still think about that film. Yeah. I never. I in the cinema, I thought oh, that's all right, but it's really. Um, what's the strange. What's the boring man in Everest called? I can't. Jason Thingy. Now the one with the worst. Jason Thingy. We've talked about him before, Jason Thingy. Jason Thingy from Everest. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if he just said it because he was in Planet of the Apes as well. Jason Clark. Is he still working? Does he have just two, just two, just good years, and that was it? Well, he was in everything, wasn't he? Though Zero Dark Thirty. No, because um, Planet of the Apes wasn't that long ago. He wasn't in the third one, but he was in. Uh, he currently has four upcoming projects. No, oh, he's doing very well. And he was in three things in 2017. He was in the... Oh, I didn't know they're making this. Uh, the film adaptation of HHHH. You know that book? Oh, I started reading it, yes. How do but... you pronounce it? Because it's... <laughs> it's, yes, it's two capital H's, a little one, and then a capital one again. Yeah. <laughs> um... Well, that's about it, isn't it, I suppose? That will do for films today. What do people do if they want to write it in a letter for, for me to read out badly? Buy a pen. Yes. Or you can more simply go to filmfandanga.com and fill out the form and we will get your letter and read it out on the programme. Uh, and thank you if you've written us a letter. Uh, we appreciate it very much. Also, uh, a thing we appreciate is money. <laughs> so we do this for free. So again, on filmfandango.com, you can click the donate button um, if you have enjoyed any of our uh, well over 300 episodes we've done now, weekly. Because it's not of our lives. Turn into a lot of our lives, isn't it? A lot of our lives. All right. All, All right. right, we'll be back next week. Keep watching Keep the films. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.